0: good morning today is Monday September 11th it is seven minutes after nine you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC we've got the president embarrassing himself we have Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher embarrassing themselves and also the governor of New Mexico embarrassing herself we're gonna get to all of it his name is Rob Kendall you can find him on Twitter at Rob M Kendall my name is Casey Daniels you can find me there Casey Daniels 317 and of course we're both on YouTube right now if you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. All right, so President Biden, he's been busy, right? He's ending his whirlwind trip to India and Vietnam, a series of high-profile meetings aimed at countering China's influence. He was at these G20 meetings in New Delhi and also again in Hanoi, and uh, he was saying that the U.S. is more reliable and a more trustworthy partner than Beijing. Is that what he was was saying? That's what he was trying to say. However, it was... uh, at one of the press conferences he was abruptly interrupted by his white house press secretary at one point she took a microphone announced the event was over concluded the president was still answering questions and then this is a new addition they started playing really loud music in the room to drown him
1: out this is so great we're going to play you some of this because biden short-circuited during this thing and it is the absolute danger of allowing a delusional old fool to have a microphone with unfettered access to society. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the, the guy is the guy has lost his mind Mm -hmm. and he's the I mean, you would not and I know I've asked this question before, Casey, but your your you have a parent who lives not in a uh, nursing home per se but it's an assisted mm-hmm. living like hey there's always somebody to check on franny and yep. you know make sure that everything's okay and if you've fallen and can't get up there's someone to
0: it's a 55 and better community yes, thank you that's what they call it. but now. if they haven't seen her in a day they will sure. call her apartment
1: which is a great way for older people to still have a someone's some independence yet ensure that someone is there to <laughs> check on them if you cannot do that as a loved one if joe biden lived in one of those communities <laughs> would you would you feel comfortable going an entire day not hearing from Joe Biden if you were his caretaker or person in charge of his group of apartments or whatever? What, there's no way you would let Joe Biden in his current mental state go an entire day and not be heard from.
0: No, I would place a call. Everything okay in there? Are you doing all right? Do you need anything?
1: And yet he's the president of the United States. He
0: is the. It's we're watching this in real time. <laughs> It's like slow motion. It's not even the
1: it's but not, real time. It's not even the politics of it, Casey. Of course I dislike the guy's politics. It's somehow we have allowed a guy mm-hmm. who should be an assisted living facility with with regular supervision <laughs> to run our country. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even I'm not even joking or being facetious or being flippant when I say this. Listen to this audio that we're going to play for you and you tell me if this guy should not be somewhere where he has constant supervision. All right, so uh, this is—I <laughs> don't even know how to introduce these. He said a They're press so...
0: conference in Vietnam. Yes, yeah.
1: well, I know that, but I don't even know how to. Like normally, it's okay. Here's the setup. This is so stupid. Uh, let's just play it for. Let's just we'll play it for itself, and then we'll comment on it.
2: For, and I uh, see. I'm just following my orders here. Uh, staff if anybody haven't spoken to, uh, uh, I ain't calling on you I'm calling on I said I had five questions Anita from VOA there's no
0: way this guy could perform at a debate, but you think about it. You've got JFK, right? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. You've got Ronald Reagan, tear down this wall. And then you've got Joe Biden. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going to bed.
1: Yeah, do we have that audio where he says that? Do we, because at some point he does do that, but I want to make sure we work through all this. So for that one, for those of you who couldn't decipher what incoherent psychobabble that was there, he tells, he's following his orders. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone I haven't spoken to yet? Not like, is there someone I haven't made it to yet? But it's very clear he's saying, is there anyone you told me to call on Mm -hmm. that I haven't called on yet? It's not like he's looking around the room going, hey, did somebody not get their question answered, whatever. He's looking at them like, I'm following my orders. The orders are I'm supposed to call on you people. I can't remember who I'm supposed to call on. Are there any of you people that... I was supposed to call him that I haven't called on yet, and then it's clearly someone that he recognizes wasn't on the approved list, so he angrily shouts at them. I I'm not that.
0: calling on you. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah.
0: Uh, who's in charge here? Who is running the show? Well, clearly it was Karine Jean-Pierre, as she took his microphone away from him at one point and just completely cut him off before okay. he embarrassed himself even further. Uh, but there's more,
1: Casey. Yes. Uh, more more from, from Joe Biden in, uh, in uh, <laughs> Vietnam.
2: Um, my... My brother loves having there's famous lines from movies that he always quotes, you know. And one of them is there's there's a movie about John Wayne. He's an Indian scout, and they're trying to get the I think it was Apache one of the great tribes of America back on the reservation. And he's standing with the Union. so he's they're all they're on their horses and their saddles and there's three or four Indians in headdresses and the Union soldiers. The Union soldiers basically saying, to the Indians, come with me, we'll take care of you. Everything will be good. And the Indian scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union soldier and says, he's a lion, dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lion, dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, so do realize it. it's a problem don't like seeing the light
0: oh, gosh. what what <laughs> oh,
2: okay
1: so the closest thing I can get to this because it's not just that he's incoherent it's the very old tired struggling to form words that will create a sentence. There was a great, great television show in the early 2000s called Crank Mm Yankers. And if you've never seen it, it is, I mean, long since retired, but it was Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla when they were doing The Man Show. Mm -hmm. And they were legitimate crank phone calls. And they acted them out as puppets. And they would create characters where they would do these crank phone calls. And Jimmy Kimmel did a character called Elmer Higgins. And Elmer Higgins was this, delusional hundred... And 50-year-old man, and the the bit was obviously, how long will people stay on the line with this delusional guy who's just incoherently saying things, and he's recalling things from the early 1900s, and these people clearly feel bad for him, so they don't want to hang up the phone, and how much of their day can they waste? I feel like Biden has now become a crank anchor puppet, and he has taken (laughs) the role of Elmer Higgins.
0: Uh, Puppet, you got that part right, for sure. (laughs) A lying dog-faced pony soldier? Now, some fact-checkers have tried to find what movie he's talking about uh-huh. and they're saying this movie does not even exist. Like that's not a line from any of the John Wayne movies. So he's confusing some memory.
2: Uh, is there one more clip? Oh there's more. Oh, great. And I particularly want to thank Prime Minister Modi and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia Mohammed bin Salam so, excuse me, Mohammed bin Salam and the uh, President von der Leyen and the European Commissions. And since uh, he's not speaking today, uh, I wanted to, well, maybe he is speaking today. I had a note he wasn't speaking at any rate. I'm going to stop there. Uh,
1: Please, please do. Please stop. (laughs) And we didn't even get to the part where he tells everybody he has to go to bed good night. We ran out of time for that one.
0: uh, An unmitigated liability. That is your president. But... Uh, Senator Ron Johnson he says not only is he unfit to serve mentally he's also corrupt a final word from you before we go on what we heard from what we saw from President Biden um, cuz again he when he takes the mic and starts walking across the stage um and starts riffing it's a sight to see and then he ended the <laughs> Q&A session with I'm going to bed I'm tired in essence, I paraphrase. Final word to yeah. you, Senator.
1: Well, again, he, he's, he's part of the corrupt Biden family. He's the head of it. He's unfit because of his corruption, but he's also becoming mentally and physically
2: uh, diminished. And he's, he's just not fit for office. And again, his emphasis on climate change is so unbelievably destructive to the American middle class, uh, to, to the
1: world. It's got to end.
0: He's a national embarrassment.
1: He is, and that's the point. I know we got to get to a break, but that's the thing, Casey. It's not that we disagree with his politics. Like, Gavin Newsom, I vehemently disagree with 99% of his politics. You could send Gavin Newsom to a meeting, Mm -hmm. and he's not going to embarrass— Now, the politics may embarrass the country, but he, as a human being and a representative of America, is not going to embarrass the country. This guy, I mean— Someone needs to hug him and say, it is time for you to go. (laughs)
0: It is time for him to take a nap. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Change History, 22 minutes after 9, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So bells tolled at Ground Zero, lots of tributes unfolding around the country. Today, we look back on the horror and legacy of 9-11.
1: Yes, and in honor of that, the bumper music for today will be Bruce Springsteen's The Rising Album. Whatever you think of him, and I know many of you enjoy telling me what you think of him, that was his tribute to those people who died on 9-11. It's a whole album. It was uh, really an incredible, incredible capture of people who gave their their lives and the sacrifices of those families. And uh, it's a, just a phenomenal uh, telling of, like, legitimate stories of mm-hmm. people who, who died on 9-11. And, uh, man, when you think about... Uh, There are so many layers to 9-11 itself. And somebody years ago who I really admired in radio when I was very young once told me about 9-11 and if you think about, like, the spaceship shuttle explosion, you, me, Kev, unless you experienced it directly, Mm -hmm. you can't even begin to understand the magnitude of an event like that like we talk about it in the abstract like hey what did it do to the country and obviously there were just immense terrible ramifications from 9-11 the people who died obviously the economic impact of the event itself the ill-begotten wars which were spun out of it by opportunists and the military industrial complex that cost far more lives than people who actually died on 9-11 itself the invasion of people's personal liberties and privacies that again very corrupt scheming politicians used crisis and fear to take advantage of those are all things that certainly happened in how america changed but you me kev anybody talking on these airwaves today unless you were personally impacted by 911 i'm saying you lost a family member you you know were there in a building that was attacked we are it would be it would be like, it would be almost disingenuous to try to say, even to feel, say we feel empathy or that you, you can't, right. the magnitude of the event itself is so great. It is incomprehensible it is impossible to actually understand and appreciate even 22 years later
0: yeah what happened that day many americans do volunteer work today congress has designated it both patriot day and national day of service and remembrance Uh, a lot of people are giving joe biden a hard time because he won't be there he'll be in alaska and i'm actually okay with that because think about it It's such a solemn day and so many lives were lost and affected and still continue to be affected 22 years later. You know, he would go and make some stupid remark, probably talk about a kitchen fire to try and relate. So I'm actually glad that Joe Biden is not at ground zero trying to be empathetic.
1: Isn't that a sad statement to say we're glad our president is is not in the continental United States, because he would just say something that would make it worse. I mean, look, again, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, whatever you want to think about them, they were very good orators and they could really read a speech and capture a moment. And, you know, on an event like this, would certainly, you know, be able to rise to the occasion. But my gosh, we've gone so far down now that we're saying, well, we're kind of, it's kind of good the president isn't here to remember. And I I guess the one thing I would say that maybe we can all understand and appreciate is the selfless sacrifice of the people on 911. The firefighters, the policemen, the regular people. I mean, mm-hmm. all these years later, you're still reading stories about regular people. And I'm not just talking about the people who, you know, were on the airplanes that probably saved either the White House or the Pentagon from being hit. I'm talking about like regular people who helped people get out of the Twin Towers, pulled people out of the Pentagon, uh, the the uh, you know the the just the absolute um, selfless bravery and actions of those people. I would hope will be a lasting legacy of all of this and encourage others in times of crisis to run to help their fellow man.
0: The one feeling you did have after 9-11 was that feeling of community and unity of the country.
1: Yeah. And it's like, it's always easy to, and that's why we kind of started the segment the way we did to say, you, you don't understand. And unless you're a person who lost a loved one or was involved in some capacity, like it doesn't matter where Rob Kendall was during 9/11. It just like it doesn't like it's almost demeaning to those people to tell. Well, I was blah blah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like it does. Like the level, the the way this thing changed our country. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was sitting in a high school English class somewhere. It simply doesn't matter. Amer- in many ways. And I think this is the thing that's just mm-hmm. makes me the most upset. Once you, from a. Not the lo- what you get past the loss of life, et cetera, but from a platonic or – I don't even know what the word would be to describe this. But the fact that in many ways the terrorists won because in many ways they got exactly what they wanted, which was not just a loss of life, which was accomplished, but they totally changed, changed. America and the American way of life and the way the government lords and rules over people and the fear monger. I mean, they, they, in many ways, they won – and you look at America 22 years later and how markedly different it is from where it was pre 9 11 in terms of how we live our lives and the, gov- the control government has and the amount of money we spent and the devaluing of the dollar. And all of it started in and around and as a response to 9 11. And it's just gotten worse since then.
0: You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. I
2: just get through this lonesome.
0: The ban is going to last for 30 days and is effective immediately. That's what she said. It is 935. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Grisham, she signed an executive order banning the carrying of firearms in areas within her state which have high crime rates. She said gun violence is killing between two and three children every month in New Mexico. Every single one of these deaths is unconscionable and they must stop.
1: We talked about uh, we talked about this many times. I have a friend who is very well thought of inside state government, and will not name him because he would be uh, tarred and feathered, and uh, you know, basically shipped out of the state if it were to get out that he and I were very, very good friends, uh, given his position. But we talk a lot about the government, and he is a rock-solid, liberty-minded, conservative person, and he is a person who has, on multiple occasions, provided me with some of the info that we use on this award-winning program, and one of the things that he told me, and we've we've mentioned it many times because it is, it is probably the most spot-on thing I've heard about government in a post-COVID world, is that the takeaway lesson from the government during COVID when the people did nothing, is that we can do whatever we want to you, and you have now proven you are not willing to stand and fight to stop it. And since, if you think about the actions of government, I'm talking government at all levels in a post-COVID world. I'm not just talking about, hey, it's the the out-of-control governor of New Mexico. I mean, and we're not talking about unjust liberal states. Oh, look at what they did here, Casey. Mm -hmm. And this is supposedly a deep red, rock solid Republican state. The governor put a million people out of work, tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, uh, You know, closed tens of thousands of businesses. And our state legislature did absolutely nothing to stop him. There's nothing to stop Holcomb from doing what he did all over again this fall if he decides he would want to do that. The lesson, though, was that now we are in a world where the government recognizes we are in charge. Mm-hmm. The people have totally ceded ground on the liberties and freedoms. The Constitution is nothing more than a bunch of words on a piece of paper. And we are going to try to get away with whatever we can. Our oath be damned. Upholding the Constitution be damned. None of it means anything. We're going to see how much can we get away with. And we dare a judge or someone else to try to stop
0: us. Yeah, how far can we push it? She's using her emergency powers. So let's take a listen to her, the governor of New Mexico. Mexico as she challenges the foundation of the Constitution. With one exception, and that is if there's an emergency and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. And there are restrictions on what she can do.
1: But you, you you see there and you hear it in her voice. What did Joe Biden do last year? Casey had all these times run together now, so I can't remember if you were here then or not. When he came out and said, I'm going to force every company who doesn't have, has more than 100 employees mm-hmm. to make everyone get vaccinated or you're out of here, buddy. Yeah. And he admitted at the time, well, there's gonna be legal challenges to this, and I think that was the one where he said it's probably not gonna be upheld, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. Think about the president of the United States saying who takes an oath of office to uphold and defend the Constitution, him saying, I recognize the courts are probably going to rule this as unconstitutional.
0: However, but by the time it gets through the court, the process, it'll be done and over with. I mean, those restrictions just lifted May of 23.
1: And if you look at the reason, I mean, you know, just full disclosure, and it's not anything she hasn't said out loud. The reason you're here now and the reason Mock left is she was totally convinced based on the actions of Biden and the politics of the people who owned us before and their utter compliance with everything that happened the first go around that the people who worked here were going to be forced to get booster shots. And she simply said, not do it, and I'm out of here. Now, ultimately, that didn't happen. The thing fell apart. You started seeing some minor state action that was a, kind of at a least creating obstacles on this. And then ultimately, the Supreme Court ruled it out and said you can't force people to get – You know, Joe Biden cannot just arbitrarily force people to get a vaccine. But why would you think a Democrat governor mm-hmm. would be any different – than the Democrat president of the United States, who is supposed to be the example that we all aspire to be. And, and you know, whether you like someone's politics or not, hey, the president is the best amongst us and, the, you know, the most most reveres the rule of law. You've got him admitting, nah, this is probably unconstitutional, but I'm going to try it anyway. Yeah. Well, Why she, would she be any different?
0: Well, she's not because even she's admitting that there's lots of legal challenges and says so she's not sure that they can win them. Now I am sure, as I go through the rest of this, there gonna be a lot of questions about whether or not we think we have the legal rights to do that. Uh, I am sure that before you write this, there will be a legal challenge uh, and I can't tell you that we win it given all of the different um, uh, challenges to gun violence laws and restrictions on individual firearm access and control. So there she is, uh, you know, touting the Constitution, flouting it. Oh, OK, so you know what this reminds me of? Because this is specifically for uh, Bernalillo County and is specific places in New Mexico uh-huh. where she wants the laws uh, different.
1: I think I know where you're going with this, but go on. Who does this sound like? Boy, it sure does sound like the Republican nominee Mm -hmm. for the mayor of Indianapolis, doesn't it? By the way, let's point out. Different
0: laws in different areas.
1: Let's point out. Uh, that big baby. Of course, mm-hmm. we're talking about Jefferson Tree. What a wuss that guy is! <laughs> I'd sooner smash myself between the head with a with a Fred Flintstone sized baseball club than vote for that guy. I noticed he stopped coming on our show, mm-hmm. and he was on Tony Katz this morning. Yes, notice he, he doesn't want to be on with us anymore after we gave him every opportunity to explain his bullcrap proposal, and he totally pooped in his own pants on these airwaves. <laughs> and you know, he didn't actually poop in his own pants, but from a vocal perspective and explaining it, he did. And now he doesn't want any part of being on this show. But you're absolutely right, Casey. And this is where we can't make it any more clear to you in listener land. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's a politician issue. Because you're completely right, Casey. What this governor is proposing in New Mexico Mm -hmm. is the same same premise that Jefferson Shree, the Republican nominee for mayor of Indianapolis is proposing. Hey, I know that the... Supreme Court has said you can't quote ban assault weapons. Uh, I know there's a state law that says uh, you don't have to have a permit to carry a, a firearm. And, uh, you know, I know that the state law says you can be 18 and own a firearm, but, well, I'm going to do it different. Well, why? Because. Well, I'm going to do it different. Mm -hmm. It's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's a you versus them thing. Jefferson Shreve, this woman here, same thing. Boss Hogsett, this woman here, same thing. This woman, Joe Biden, same thing. When will you people wake up and realize it's not Democrat or Republican? It's us versus them. It's a big club. You ain't in it. And they want to make sure you're not allowed to be in it. So the
0: sheriff in that area said that he has reservations regarding the order. (laughs) And he, he can't impose it, because he's taking away law-abiding citizens' constitutional rights.
1: Yes, and it's so bad. Did you see this, that even Ted Lieu mm-hmm. and David Hogg... So, Ted Lieu is a maniac leftist uh, co- a congressman from California, and David Hogg is, of course, this little kid who... Uh, Lived in Parkland. It's my understanding he was not even at Parkland when that shooting took place. But then, because he went to school there, became the face de jour of gun control in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, two just total left wing lunatics, and both of them came out and were like, uh "Yeah, you you really can't do that. That's yeah. not how this works." And, and and I would guess, Casey, and I mean to catch up, I would guess they're very angry at her because she liberals thrive on and depend on you not saying the quiet part out loud the quiet part out. The quiet part is they'd love to take your guns. They'd love to just tear up the Constitution. They'd love to just scratch out the Second Amendment. But they have to do it incrementally because they know when stuff like this comes out, it really wakes people up and they go, "What the hell is this?"
0: Yeah, Ted Lieu said, "No state in the union can suspend the federal Constitution. There's no such thing as a state public health emergency exception." To the Constitution. And he's right. Did you hear that, Jefferson Shreve? 944. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Of the pain they caused. It is 949. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, they shared a video in which they said they were aware of the pain they caused when they wrote letters on behalf of Danny Masterson ahead of his rape conviction sentencing. So they co-starred with Danny Masters in that 70s show. And... Ashton and Mila were among the nearly 50 people who advocated for leniency for the actor after he was sentenced. His family asked Mila and Ashton if they would write character letters because they knew him. They worked with him for a long time on the sitcom, and they did. They wrote character letters asking the judge for leniency on his sentencing. That didn't go so well for the two actors. Well, this
1: is amazing because, first of all, this happens all the time. It happens in every single case pretty much. I mean, I don't know, like if you're like a Chris Watts, maybe there probably weren't a lot of people pleading for leniency with him, but you know, any sort of regular case, you're going to see, you know, Fred was my best friend since childhood and Fred went astray and Fred's a good guy at his core. And Mm -hmm. if he's rehabilitated, he can, you know, whatever. And so obviously this guy has all sorts of celebrity People, people who are his friends who would just happen to be celebrities, and let's face it, there's oftentimes people who do all sorts of things, and you don't, you don't know what they do behind closed doors, or you know somebody does something horrific, and people go, oh my gosh, I, you know, I never saw mm-hmm. that that coming, and so people write letters or whatever. Now, of course, it gets out; they're super famous that they wrote this sort of letter and people were livid and naturally because these people are celebrities and they need to be loved and they need to be liked instead of just saying look this guy was our friend this happens every single day we realize he did a horrific thing we think he can be rehabilitated whatever they said in the letter just saying that i mean you wrote the letter it wasn't like you did it at gunpoint you must have thought there's something redeeming about this guy that he could be saved or whatever they do this bizarre apology video where Casey, it absolutely looks looks like it's a hostage video. It does. <laughs> like Jihadi John uh-huh. is, you know, outside of the camera yeah. and is, you know, telling them what to say. It's on a cue card. I mean, this made it even worse because it doesn't sound like it's not from the heart at all. It's not like they you look at their body language. I mean, we're going to play it for you here in a second. Their voices. Mm -hmm. Everything about this is these people do not want to be doing this. And they are doing this out of absolute force.
0: It sounds like Mila is reading from a script like you mentioned. Ashton, I mean, if they're reading from a script, Ashton is the better actor out of the two. Yeah. He's the one who sounded more sincere. She sounds like she is mad she has to do this.
1: Okay, let's play it so people can hear, and then we'll we'll respond to it. We are aware
0: of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work, and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us, and they asked us, to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing the letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling they were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way we would never want to do that We're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape.
1: Why are you apologizing? You know what he was convicted of. You know what he was accused of and then convicted of on multiple counts. Mm -hmm. You know what he's about to go to jail for. It's not like they said it's a grab bag and, you know, it could either be jaywalking or it could be violent sexual assault. Oh, you got violent sexual assault. You know what he was convicted of. You chose to write the letter, which is fine. That's how our legal system works. It works this way for you know thousands of people every single day. You clearly thought there's something redeeming about this guy worth saving. Why are you apologizing for something you did of your own free will and volition and you absolutely – there's no way. They're very intelligent people. They absolutely knew, hey, there might be some pushback if you uh, go to bat for a guy who was convicted of sexual assault.
0: Well, they backed the wrong fella. That's why they made the apology video.
1: Um, But how could they not know that, Casey? How could they not know going into this if we write this letter – that people are going to be really upset because we're going to essentially be vouching for the character of a guy who was convicted of violent sexual assault.
0: Well, I think the worst part about this is Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore one of his other wives, they have this nonprofit called Thorn. And the entire premise behind Thorn is that they fight to eliminate child sexual abuse and human trafficking. And Ashton Kutcher is the face of that organization. And then he turns around and writes this character letter for a guy who was sentenced to 30 years for rape. So he completely has to remove himself as the face of that organization. He can't, he can't, he has has to appoint somebody else in his place and step away. It's Wild
1: stuff. Yeah. These people are morons.
0: It is 9:55. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.